0: Uh, great to see you, um, Fremont, from the Hayward campus. It's great to see you. H- Hayward campus, should I say, the volleyball champions of the year. So I thought I'd get a little bit of a better greeting than that. But anyway, <laughs> hey, I want to remind you, we are one church. <laughs> Come on, two locations, so we're all champions, right? We're all champions in it. Amen? Hey, it's it's an honor. That was good, because if I want you to keep that game in mind the entire time we're talking today, and I'll even refer to it a little bit in a few ways and verbages that we give and sense that you follow along if you got your notes if you got your program when you came in if you get them out and get them ready it's that little orange sheet i really want to encourage you to take some notes fill in some blanks it'll help you uh people that take notes really go to heaven they have a special place i'm just kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> greek philosopher uh i studied greek in college and and, and i studied philosophy in college and Aristotle wrote this, it's kind of going where we want to go, and then we're going to put some scripture in it, and we'll see why you read the Bible. But he said this, Aristotle wrote these words, we are what we repeatedly do. In other words, we form lifestyles, and we all do, especially on the western side of the world, in the United States, we form lifestyles, and then we have to maintain those lifestyles. In other words, we form lifestyles, and then the lifestyles form us. That's why sometimes you see a, a professional athlete that makes $10 million a year, and we get disgusted at that, like, well, it's not about the money. I would just like to try it one year, you know, just one year. But, but they, they get out of the sport, and then we see a lot of those guys and gals go broke. Why? Because they have formed lifestyles, and then the lifestyle is now forming them, and they can't maintain it. Are you with me? And that's the way that, that's the way that works. Because most people today, you and I in this room, we have high dreams. We have dreams, and you need to have a dream. But in high dreams, a lot of us have low plans. We have low plans. Um, Dreams are good things. I encourage you to dream. I encourage you to hope. Man, dream, they're very good things. Good motivator. But I want you to be reminded today as we go forward in this message and we really get this, this question answered, why do we read the Bible, that dream... Although they're good, a dream is not a plan. A dream is not a strategy. A dream will get you going, but a dream cannot keep you going. And you need to really understand that deeply. And and so I want to remind you, as we go a little bit deeper, what the mission of our church is. Because we talk today, those of you who may be guests today, we have a newcomer's reception. You might, what is this place all about? We're walking into a new uh, facility at this campus. And I want to remind you what the mission is. Why do we even exist as a church? And I love our mission statement. I I like to share our mission statement just about every time I get the opportunity to speak. And so here it is. It's in your notes. And and I want you to look at it. It's to lead seekers to love God. It doesn't stop there. That's what we're here for today, right? To love others. That's harder than loving God. And then the harder part is, everybody, let's say this out loud, to live life on purpose. That's the tough part. To live life on purpose. Because that's when we get into, that sounds good, it's a phenomenal mission statement, I love it, and I come here because of that, but how do I do it? How do I make that happen? How do you live on purpose consistently? Because you might have a day or a week or a month of purpose, but how does it become a lifetime of purpose? That you know you are living the dream that has been planned out, that has strategy behind it, and there's purpose in it, and you are fulfilled. This is why we need to read the Bible. But before we really answer that in a question, let's look at some Scripture. In your notes, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul wrote to the Roman church. He said, fix your attention on who? And when you do that, it doesn't change your behavior. It's not a behavior modification thing. It doesn't do anything for your, you know, work situation on the outside for the most part in circumstances no no when you fix your attention on god what does it say you'll be changed from the inside out readily recognize what he wants from you readily recognize what he wants from you. and then here's something that we have to do quickly respond to it my mom used to tell me when i was growing up she said son delayed obedience is disobedience I need, I need first time obedience and I need it quick. And that's what God's saying today. Quickly respond to it. Don't be like the culture. Unlike the culture, you, you're always dragging you down to its level. Always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. And this is what I want you to underline in your notes. God brings the best out of you. God brings the best out of you. That's what we want to do here even as a church. That's why we have this mission. We want to bring the best out of you. That's a bold statement. We want to bring the best. That's why I want to encourage you to even look on the back of your program and say, "Hey, I want to get into this whole cycle, if you will, of going and learning and get into a growth track. I want to grow. How do I get in that? If you want to get into a growth track, put that on your communication card. I want to get into a life group when they start up. When do they go? Because we want to bring the best out of you. And we believe we bringing the best out of you happens in community with each other, living life on purpose together. So with all that said, let me answer the question. What is the main reason that you should read the Bible? What is the main reason? Ready to write? Ready to put it in there and fill in the blank? To keep my life, to keep your life, so let's first person, to keep my life aligned with my purpose aligned with my purpose. My wife and I have a good friend who, is, who we met through our children, our kids. Our kids are adults. They're married. And But this good friend of ours is a chiropractor. And my wife was having some issues. And this friend of ours, who is a chiropractor, actually lives in Washington. But they were down visiting. And so we get free, you know, adjustments. Man, it's awesome when he's here. And so the last time he was here, Tina, my wife, was having this issue over here in her pelvis area because years ago she broke her pelvis on a ski slope. She won't ever get back on that horse again. But at any rate, she broke her pelvis. And so she has some issues here. But when Chris was looking at her alignment, are you with me? He noticed something. So he started squeezing her shoulder. I said, no, 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 my brother, it's way down, down over here. And he looked at Tina and he said, Tina, resist me. He said, I'm going to push your arm. Hold this arm up and resist it. So he pushed her. She couldn't resist it. It was just flopping back every time. But when it would flop back, she go, oh. In other words, something he's doing here is affecting over here. Because you're out of alignment. It's, it was strangest thing I've ever seen. And then he over, got over in the backside started doing this little thing over here. And she goes, man, it hurts over here in my face. I said, you're, you're on the back. It's hurting around in the face. That don't even make sense. Problem. And he called that. Referred pain, where pain is happening in one area, but it's coming from the source of another area. In other words, it's like, can I say this word on a Sunday? It's like snot. <laughs> we all have it. You might be, it's a symptom. You trying to get the snot out and off and going away, and you're blowing your nose and you're wiping, but that's a symptom. That's not the problem. The problem's deeper. The problem's somewhere else, and you got to get this thing aligned. Are you with me, church? So you've got you to get this aligned. And I, I can't think of anything more important than to do this with the purpose of our life. Because here what, here's what we do. We spend our life, I'm from the South, so here's this word I'm going to use. We, we try to fix these areas of pain, and that's not even the problem. And some of us will spend a lifetime trying to fix pain, like financial pain, relationship pain, marital pain, emotional pain. But the problem not even, doesn't even rest there. And we're, we spend a lifetime trying to get rid of the pain, and that's not even the problem. And what I'm saying today is you got to get aligned with the purpose that God had for you. And I can't think of anything more important that affects everything in your area, in your life, financially, relationally, career-wise. Nothing's more important than to know why you are on this planet. And I'm going to tell you something. You're going to hear this a little bit more redundant today. You are not on this planet to go to work and pay bills. Amen, somebody? Okay? You're not on this planet just to pay bills. That's not your reason for existence. You don't just go to work to get the money, to buy the bread, to get the energy, to go to work, to get the money, to buy the bread, to get the energy. That's a cycle of just absolute chaos and unfulfillment, and many of us are in it, and we're not content. And that is not purpose. So the first thing that you have to believe the first thing you have to believe deeply, okay, as you read the Bible, this is going to help you as you read the Bible. You have to believe this. Number one is that you, I personalize it, have a purpose. I have a purpose. Listen, that's, what am I saying? Right next to this, right, right next to that, look, I have a God-given design. That's what purpose is. I have a God-given design. Life will never make full sense until you come to fully understand this. This is not just for preachers or some leaders in major places. This is for every single one of you in every single seat. This is an individual event that God... Breathed into you when he created you, when he formed you, you were thought about, your purpose was thought about before he even formed the earth. Your purpose was created in the mind and the heart of God. You have a purpose, a God given design. And I want to show you some scripture in Psalm 139 16 in your notes. It says, All the days, how many? Not just a few, not just when things are clicking, all the days of. Uh, for me were written in your book before one of them came to be <laughs> all the days were ordained they were written in your book god before one of them came to be now i know uh, i've added a few chapters to that book have you <laughs> and some of those chapters aren't pretty i'm not even i'm i'm not even proud of some of those chapters but what i do know is that god has the ability a unique ability to create the last chapter of your life with fulfillment and purpose if you'll align your life with his word and truth. Now, I, I, listen, I, I want to go back to that real quick and look at this and show you that it happens before through the New Testament. Look at Ephesians, and, and next in your notes, chapter two, verse 10, for we are God's workmanship. In some translations, and I didn't put all of them here today, it says the word masterpiece. You know, there are people on, on earth that will pay millions of dollars for a masterpiece of art. I'm not one of them, but they're there, okay? You are God's masterpiece. He created you. He he formed you into this masterpiece, It created in Christ Jesus, not to go to work, not not to punch a clock, not to get in a car and be in traffic on 880 and stuck for the rest of your life. No, you were created as God's masterpiece to do good works. To, to help other people, to have purpose, in God, which God prepared, say it out loud, in? Come on, some of you, you don't believe it. In? Advance. Advance for us to do. God knew what your purpose was. God knew and created your purpose. Then he made you. Not the other way around. He didn't make you and say, oh, no, what am I going to do with Cal? <laughs> Boys from the south. He can't have talk. He has an accent that he needs to worry about. What am I gonna do with this guy? No, that's not the way it worked. God made your purpose, He formed it in His mind and heart, created that purpose. It's unique to you, and then He made you to fulfill it. Listen, only you can fill that purpose, but you have to align yourself with it, and that's why you have to read the Word of God. That's what the Word's saying. Here's what the Bible is really saying here. Okay, you ready? live your life by design not by default so many of us are living life by default and we hate it i talk to dozens of people listen to me they say things like this well man it's tomorrow's monday and i got to go back to work and i hate my job you're living just by default. Find your purpose within there. God placed you there for a purpose, and you've got to align that purpose because there's pain somewhere. And the pain you're experiencing, the reason you hate it and living by default, is not even the reason you're having the pain. There's something in there that's got purpose behind it that God needs you to align with. Am I making any sense? Are you, wi- are you with me? Yes. You've got to go after this. Here's the problem, though we all have a tough time reading the Bible, don't we? Yes. Come on. Can I just get a couple more of you to agree with that? <laughs> Sometimes there are just more things out there that are interesting, right? Come on, than the Bible. We have a tough time reading the Bible. Why? Number two, because there are a lot of things. There is competition for my time and attention. And I, as you fill that in, I want you to circle that word competition because it's real, And that competition is different for all of us. For me, it's it's watching some sport event on TV, maybe going to one. Come on. For some of you, it's hobbies. It's going to the lake. It's vacation. It's whatever it might be. There's competition. Listen to me. If you don't allow the Bible to guide your life, align your life, if you don't allow the Bible to do that, the world will. The world will line your life. It will align you with a, the with a problem, with the wrong thing. If you don't allow the Bible to guide you, the world will. Credit card companies have a plan for your life. They want to know what's in your wallet because they want all of it in there. And if you don't have a plan, remember I told you a dream is a good thing, but if you don't have a plan, credit card companies do. And before you know it, your plan is their plan, and it doesn't work, and you've got a bigger problem that's not aligned with your purpose, and you're running around trying to get out of it, and God says, if you just get it in here, it'll align with your purpose. It'll align with your purpose. Ecclesiastes Four and verse 6 in your notes says this, Solomon, the wisest man on earth outside of Jesus, said, Better one handful with tranquility, that's peace. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Did you see that picture? Better one handful with peace than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. But here's the bottom line. Most of us doing too much chasing. We're trying to fill up a third hand that we don't even have. We've added things in our life that have nothing to do with our purpose. And now we don't know how to get rid of them. Because now we think they're important. And I'm going to talk about that in just a few minutes. Way too much going on in most of our lives. Way too much going on. Because we bought into this this thought, we bought into this mantra here in the Western world that more is better. We bought into this thought that more square footage in a house is better, but yet it's more payment too, right? <laughs> but it's better. And we bought into that. We, we know that you know $1 is good, but $2 is better. Come on, help me. We, we know that one Krispy Kreme donut is good, but two Krispy Kreme donuts are better. not enough. Okay? <laughs> we, we know that. We know one, one car is good, but two cars, if you've got a multifamily, are just better. Even though we got more pay, we bought into this, right? We know one kid is good, two kids are, oh, no, 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 Pastor Cal, you ain't getting me wrapped into that. Uh-uh. Chaos, right? Right? Chaos. <laughs> one, one wife is good, two wives are wrong. Come on now. <laughs> That's the next series. We ain't going there today. Great, great quote that I put in your notes. Just having a little fun. Great quote. An overwhelmed schedule. Will often produce an underwhelmed soul. Man, you need to you need to frame that somewhere, because many of us we're overwhelmed because we bought into the more. I, so I want to remind us of something, which is number three: time is. Say it out loud. Come on. Short. Time is short, and it's going by faster and faster, isn't it? I mean. How many of you know Christmas is in two weeks? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Lance, Lance, our production just had a heart attack. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. But it seems that way because Easter was just two weeks ago. Time is short. Look at what James, the brother of Jesus, said in in James chapter 4, verse 13. Now listen, you who say, and he kind of says this a little sarcastically, a little bit whimsical. He says, today or tomorrow, this is how we think. We're just going to go to this place or that place, spend a little time there, maybe a year, maybe so. We're going to carry on a little business if we feel like it. We're going to make just a little bit of money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. In other words, some translation says tomorrow is not even promised to you. But you sure act like it. (laughs) You sure live like it. You sure got two handfuls. You sure chasing it. You are chasing it, and you're not lining yourself up with purpose. Then he asks this question right in the middle of this. He says, what is your life? And before you can even answer that question, he tells you your life is just a mist, a puff of smoke that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You know that little puff of smoke that you breathe on a cold day out of your mouth, and then it's just gone before you can really see it go? That's what your life is. You've seen a tombstone with a date on one side a date on the other side, and there's a little dash in between. That's your life, your dash. I'm not trying to make you morbid. I'm just trying to be real so that we can take this with some passion and recognize that if you don't line up with the purpose of your life, you'll be chasing after all kinds of stuff. You'll be chasing after things that have nothing to do with your purpose, and you will be living life by default, not by design. You know, I've been blessed. I've had many mentors and many coaches, and I've read many leadership things in my life, in my ministry of 30-plus years. But John Maxwell, who has written over 70 leadership books, and I try to read at least once a year a John Maxwell leadership book. Even if I've already read it, I go back and read it and write it and note it and all kinds of stuff. But he says this, and I love it, and, and I think I put this in your notes. He says, I'll never change my life until I change something I do every day. Many of us want... We want, we want, many of us want out of life, we want change, but we don't want it to change what we're doing. Are you with me? I mean, let's just think physically for a moment. How many of you are in the physical shape you want to be in right now? Raise your hand. Nobody? There's a couple of you, oh, you're, but you're not before four years old, you're raising your hand back there. You can't change. All right. None, very few of us are in the, But here's the deal we want to be in better shape. Would you agree? But you're not willing to change anything to get there. That's what he's saying. We don't, we don't want to get out of, that, out of that. We don't want, you got to align your life with a purpose. And for you to do this, you have to change something that you're doing every day. So I want to give you a little application as we get down into the nitty-gritty of this of why you should really read your Bible and why that if you don't do anything, if you keep doing what you're doing, you won't get nothing in return. You know the definition of insanity, don't you? Just doing the same thing over and over, you're thinking things are going to change. You've got to do something about this. So I want to give you four reasons that's in your note today why reading the Bible will help you. All right? Why reading the Bible will help you? Reading the Bible will help you, number one, decide what's important. Reading the Bible will help you decide what's important. Most of our lives are not being lived by what's important. Most of us, even right here in this room, in this little room, most of us live by what's urgent. And it wipes out the important. I do it. Come on. We live by urgent. And, and we're letting other people tell us how to live our lives by urgent. You know, don't let your emergency become my lifestyle, that type of thing. But we do it. Now, listen, I get it. Life is real. And every now and then you get into a season of urgency. And that season has to happen because it's urgent. You, that's real. But if you let that season go too long, it becomes a lifestyle. Then you don't know how to get out of it. And the season becomes your life. And reading the Bible helps you decide what's important. And then when you're living by urgency, you're just letting other people define how you live. And you're letting life tackle you instead of you tackle life through aligning yourself with God's word. Look at what Paul wrote to Philippians. He said this, but whatever, I want you to underline, circle this word, whatever, say it out loud, was, come on, whatever, help me, say it louder, whatever was to my prophet. What does he mean by that? What I used to think was important, whatever was to my profit that actually helped me, profited me, I thought it was important. My life was wrapped around it. He says, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ, for the sake of knowing my alignment is going after my purpose. I consider all that important what I thought was important, and it's not important, loss. He goes on. Look at what he says. What, what is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. The surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. Some of us, we're here in church and we, we want to know Jesus. That's why we're here. Amen? Some of you, you, you come to church and do this. Some of you need to take the plunge because you need to take the plunge of really going all in, total surrender, because that's when you know the surpassing greatness. When you read the Bible and you can align your life with purpose and you're able to put off all those things that you think are important, but they're just urgent for the sake of knowing the surpassing greatness of Christ. Look what he says, for whose sake I have lost all things, look at the last line, I consider them what? Garbage. Garbage. What I think and what other people tell me is important is garbage compared to lining my life up with my purpose in Christ Jesus. Amen? That's what it is. Now, I'm telling you, you're going to have to do other things. You're going to have to change the oil in your car every now and then. You're going to have to cut the grass every now and then. You're going to, you're going to have to stay in shape. You're going to, have to do other things that don't seem to be word of God. You've you got to get in the gym. you got to stay in shape. But here's the problem. We let those things and hobbies dominate our life, and you can't let those things dominate your life. We have to keep the word of God top priority. Now, I know I probably don't have time to say this, but I'm going to say that I'm from the South, and every now and then my accent comes out. And I don't. I, when you don't know somebody in the South, you, you know you. It's it's, it's it's. Hey, his name is Bubba. Okay, that's when you don't know somebody. His name's Bubba. So, I'm going to talk about Bubba for just a little bit, and your name might be Bubba, but I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about somebody from the South, because Bubba in the South is a redneck. You ever heard of a redneck before? But Bubba loves to play golf, all right? We're talking about keeping the Word of God a priority, all right? Bubba's playing golf with his friends. And he hits that golf, man, and if you know anything about golf, he's on a par three, so he hits it on a par three, and it gets up there on the, I mean, it's like that far from the hole, and the next shot, he's gonna, he's shooting for a birdie, you know what a birdie is? I mean, in golf, the lower the score, the better it is, so that's, so he's lining up, his friends are just amazed, because Bubba hit this shot, he's sitting there about to hit that shot, you know, that putt, and he's lining up, getting everything all straight, and he, and he looks up, and he sees a funeral procession go by, and he, and he, and he changes, take, comes takes his golf hat off, comes to the edge of the green, puts his hat over his heart, stands there, the funeral procession comes by. Man, he just is stiff and just nice and goes by and gets on through. throws his hat back on, goes back and gets ready for his putt. And his friend says, Bubba, man, that is awesome. You go over to the side of the green and for that funeral procession, you paid respect. We don't even see people stop in their cars anymore to let funerals go by and pay respect in their cars. They don't even pull over to the side of the road and let them go by. This is awesome. You stopped that golf putt when you could make a birdie for the funeral possession go by. I've never seen one like that, Bubba says. Well... He don't even look his head up. He says, well, it's the least I could do. I've been married to her for 35 years. <laughs> That's funny. I don't care what you think now. That's funny. But it's also sad, isn't it? <laughs> it's sad. But you know what? Many, many of us live in life like that because we got our priorities a little bit off whack here. Our priorities are wrong, and we got to keep the word of God. Number two, number two you got to give calendar time to the word of God you got to give calendar time to the Word of God. This should be written on your daily calendar as you write other things that you feel like are important until it becomes your lifestyle. You stop writing it on your calendar or put it in your electronic device until it becomes a lifestyle, so you don't have to write it no more because it's just there. That lifestyle then, as we said earlier, remember, forms you. It forms you. It's amazing how many people have values that don't show up on their calendar. I'm going to tell you something. I'm just going to be real bold and say this. You don't have a value till it shows up on your calendar. You don't have a value. People that know me, people on the staff, people in the office, people around our team know me. They know that on Wednesday afternoon, come about 4 or 4.30 something's going to happen. I'm going to go on a date with my wife. I've been married to my wife for 39 years, and we go on a date every Wednesday night because I value that. I calendar it. If you need me on Wednesday night, you're probably not going to get me because my wife's got me. <laughs> it's got to be a major emergency. And if something happens on a Wednesday night that I can't make it, like this past Wednesday night I was here cross-training on Wednesday night, I ahead of time calendar Thursday night because I value it. Are you, are you hear what I'm saying? You better do family time. If you don't calendar family time, it's not going to happen. Many times, you're so busy, you look at the kids and say, hey, time to eat, and the kids go get in the car. Some of you, that just went right over you like that. Because you're so busy. It's not a calendar to sit down around the table and eat. If you value it, you will give it calendar time. And it, it is non-negotiable. And that's the way the Word of God has to be. It's got to be non-negotiable because every time you read the Word of God, it lines you up with your purpose. Psalm 90, verse 12 in your notes says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Man, you, you might need to take that off of there and put that on a mirror somewhere. You can see that every day, and that becomes your prayer. Help me, God, to spend my days as I should. As I should. Number three, reading the Bible will help you. Reading the Bible will help you eliminate the non-essentials. Now, honestly, some of us are doing things we just don't need to be doing. That's, we just got to get honest too, don't we? A few years ago, I, 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 I little Bubba golf joke because I love to play golf. I played golf with a few friends on Friday. A few years ago, I, I was playing golf. A few, about 20 years ago, I was playing golf three or four times a week. Till my wife looked at me and said, "You know what? I'm feeling a little bit like a single parent here." And I went, "Rut row. <laughs> Something's got to change." I realized at that moment, and it took the help of God, I got into that alignment process. I realized at that moment, golf, as much as I like it, was a non-essential. And I didn't need it, but I needed my family. I needed my wife, and I was was giving that more time, a non-essential, than I needed to give this more time. You know, Hebrews, Paul tells us something about this in Hebrews. When we read the word, we see this. He says, let us throw off everything that hinders. That's hard to do when you like to do something, isn't it? Come on. But it aligns you. No different when that chiropractor is squeezing something every now and then. That's painful, but it's helping you line up that spine to get that pain gone because it's going deep into the problem. So let us throw off everything that hinders And the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. What is the race? Your purpose. You gotta run with perseverance. And you can't do that consistently, lining up if you got stuff that's non essential weighing you down. Now, I'm just gonna say this, you don't have to do this, but it's helped us. When we had girls in the house, our girls are married and raised, they got their own families, but when our girls became high schoolers, they wanted to be in everything. And they 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 love sports. My my oldest girl's a basketball player. My youngest girl loved to cheer, and she was playing volleyball. But we sat down and we said, okay, look, we got to throw off some non essentials. You have you don't have to do this. This is the way we did it, and it it worked in our family. Said you play one sport a year, one extracurricular a year. Why is that? Because that's a non essential. But going to student group is essential. You're going to be there on Wednesday night. That's when their, their, their student group, that's when their youth ministry met. You're going to be there on Wednesday night. Ain't no sport going to take over that. Ain't no you know, volleyball, cheerleading, not that, that's a non-essential. But God is an essential. Are you with me, church? That's just what we did, and you don't have to do that. That's just helped us eliminate some non-essentials. Don't let other people have an agenda for your life. And the coaches will have an agenda for your kids before you will. Come on. Your teachers will have an agenda for your kids before you will. But God has an agenda, and it lines up with their purpose, and you got to get there. That's why you read the Bible. Number four, real quick, take inventory often. That's what we're doing today. That's what we're doing right now, and we're using the Word of God to do it. In Psalm 139, King David asked God to search me and know my heart. Some of you need to do that right now. You need to stop right now and just say, God, search me. I'm I'm offline. I'm out of alignment. And there's some issues. I don't even know how to correct them, but you do, God. That's what David asked. Search me. Uh, This Hebrews 4.12, it's on the screen, not in your notes. Just look at the screen with me. Because this is kind of the foundation of why you need to read the Bible. For the word of God is, say with me, alive. It is powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two edged sword, cutting between soul, spirit, joint, marrow. Listen to this. It exposes innermost thoughts and desires. Can I just, can I just tell you to trust me on something? Some of you don't know me, you're just there, but just trust me on this. Every time I read the Word of God, and, and guys, listen to me. I get busy. I got, this is me today. I got to get my priorities in order. And I, I do this for a living, but it's tough. Can you agree with that? It is hard. But every time I line up and I read the Word of God, every time I read the Word of God, it exposes me to me. It exposes the real me. I learn something through the Word of God. You know, we all have people that rubbed us wrong. And they might be like enemies or we hold a grudge. You know what I'm talking about. I learned something through the word. Jesus said, you've heard it said to hate those people because they, they make your life miserable. But Jesus said, I tell you, this is the word. This is lining up. This is putting a spine right there, lining up your purpose. He said, I tell you to love them. And then he goes a little bit deeper. He says, pray for them. Here's what I learned through the word of God through that purpose. He said, it is impossible to hate somebody you are praying for. It is impossible to read the word of God and it not change you and expose you. It is impossible. Give it a try. Just take 90 days and read it every day. It will expose you. I want to close with one last scripture and it's actually a prayer over you today. It's a prayer over you. But I don't want you to close your eyes. I want you to look at the scripture. And then I'm going to ask you a few questions. Lord, Psalm 139 says this. Lord, remind me. Remind us how brief our time on earth is. Remind me that my days are numbered. As we said today, it's short. My life is fleeing away, (laughs) fleeing away. Remind us of that today, God. My life is no longer than the width of my hand, it's the dash in between the dates. An entire lifetime. Is just a moment to you human existence is but a breath I I want you to hear that as a prayer today and if you will will you close your eyes with me all across this place because I want to ask you three questions as your eyes are closed just three questions but I I don't want anyone walking around if you can just hold your paper still because this is this is where we we put everything we heard today into that transformation moment because just being informed doesn't transform you so i just want to ask you three questions with your eyes closed and i want you to just really go deeper in this introspection number one are you ready to make an adjustment remember i said life can't change until you change something and you have to do it every day are you ready to do that maybe right now you're you, you need to go after God and say you know God I, I'm not but I need your help I want to but it's just real hard it's tough I'm facing these obstacles and I know that those obstacles are causing some problems and some pain But that's that's not the real problem I need alignment so I'm ready to make some. would you just do that right now maybe, maybe some of you in this room you've never ask Jesus to be the lord of your life. And ask for the real foundation of who you're and where your purpose lies. And right now, sitting right where you are, you can ask Jesus to come into your heart, come into your life, infiltrate your soul and align you with the purpose he created you to be. You can do that right where you are. Number 2, question number 2. Are you doing too much? Are you too busy? This is honesty to read the Word of God every day. Are you doing too much? Are you too busy? And only you can answer that where you are. Number three, last question, and then we're going to transition. Do you really know your purpose? Not your assignment. What is your purpose? Why are you on this planet? Why are you here? Now, guys, we we can help you with that. you can see that in the Word of God, too. Do you know that purpose? Father God, I I thank you that you are able to show us, through your Word, our purpose. Thank you for the Bible that speaks to us. God, I pray that you give us passion and excitement every time we get close to reading it, that it lines us with our purpose, the very reason you put us on this planet. Every one of us in this room wants to know that, God. In Jesus' name, everyone said together, amen, amen. Amen.